This is the earliest I've ever come up here, I think. So that means I get so much more extra time. <laughs> it's gonna be so great. Um, happy almost 4th of July. Happy almost Independence Day, IBC family. We have an incredible amount of reasons to just give thanks for God's goodness and God's grace in our life. Um, looking at all these green shirts from Team Ecuador, I know they can attest this going to Ecuador. I know that if you've done any foreign travel uh, in your lifetime, you can, you can easily make one conclusion, wow, I'm very grateful for the freedoms that we get to experience uh, as a nation. And so that doesn't, we don't take that for granted. I pray that you don't take that for granted because we know that freedom is never free. It always comes as a cost. And so, but we are grateful and, and God loves it when we take the time to worship him for the freedoms we get to experience. You know, when we gather as a church, as a, as a body of Christ, as brothers and sisters that have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, when we gather for that purpose every single week, week in and week out, we celebrate another kind of freedom that we've received. We celebrate a freedom that was made possible by Jesus Christ and initiated by the love of our Heavenly Father in heaven. And so I love what Paul says in Galatians 5.1. It says, it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. And I love what the Amplified Version does for us because it gives us even uh, more language to understand what Paul is speaking to. He says, that means that freedom we experience means we are completely liberated. We are completely liberated from the bondage and the enslaving power of sin, and we are really compelled by the love of the Father through the sacrifice of His Son, Jesus Christ, empowered by the Spirit of Christ within us to walk in newness of life, to experience the abundant life that Jesus promises in John 10. And so, brothers and sisters, we have many, many reasons to celebrate, many, many reasons to gather together, but this morning we have the opportunity to be reminded once again afresh that we are free. You are free. You may not feel that right now, possibly. Some of us in here may be going, I, I don't feel that free. But can I say to you, based on the promise of Scripture that is eternal, that is unfading, that will never go away, the promises of God that you are free in Christ. And if you're not then it is an open invitation for you. And Jesus, says, Jesus just tells you, come and receive this free gift of eternal life. There's nothing you have to do except for saying yes. Because Jesus has done everything for you. And so you just need to walk in it. You need to receive it as you would any other gift. I pray that our time here this morning... Um, would really just continue to strengthen and encourage you and also realign you to God's purposes in your life. Um, before I continue, I want to acknowledge the fact, because uh, Steve actually mentioned that too, but uh, the kids are joining us right now. That means we are not releasing the kids to their normal IBC's kids, and so we don't have that massive exodus of young kids, and you young kids might be going, 
oh, this is going to be the longest service ever. We will try not to make it too boring for you. But, and parents, I know that you're like, I really enjoyed that 45, 50 minutes, or if Aaron preaches, an hour-long cessation of training and, uh, and, and just, just relaxing just a little bit. And so it's going to be a great time this morning. Kids, if you have not, I don't know if you grabbed them or not, but there are coloring sheets as well as sheets to take notes. And uh, we have some ushers that would love to put some in your hand. So if you did not grab those at the IBC Kids uh, check-in area, then those are available for you. Yeah, Phil Ashton's back there. He's Just raise your hand if you don't yet have any sheets. Oh yeah, good job, Raj. So oh yeah, we have lots of hands. Okay, so in the next 15 minutes, they'll be going around passing those around for you. So it'll be great. Keep your hands up until a piece of paper comes into, it gets dropped in your hands. Um, and there's also some notes that you can take as well if you're able to do that. Now, while they're passing out those sheets to all the kids, did you adults get a bulletin? Did you get a, a you know, kind of a service order? Go hang, hang it up. Yeah, yeah, put them up there. Put them up there. Yeah, you got them. Good job. Do you actually read those? Yeah, no. None of my generation reads those. I know. I understand. Um, what it says in the front there says, we have a guest speaker, Dan Stevenson. That is not happening this morning. <laughs> you know, uh, just, just so you, just to give you a little insight, on a pastoral level, one of the nightmares that we have as pastors is to wake up one day when you're like, when you think you're off and then Sunday morning going, hey, so-and-so sick or in the hospital, so it happened, you're on. And you're like, oh, goody. I got an hour to figure out what I'm going to share to the congregation that comes with an expectation, and they're hungry to hear from God's Word. And so there's kind of this kind of fear and intrepidation, and it always reminds you, like, I better have that pocket sermon ready. So thank you, Rob Craven, for having that pocket sermon ready that you promised a long time ago. There you are, right, right, Rob? You still have that, right? Yes, thank you. So you may be called on, and you cannot be on vacation, (laughs) so... (laughs) Um, but that's not actually what happened this week. Uh, I actually, uh, it didn't happen Saturday night. It happened more on a Wednesday night. Uh, we, this guest speaker where we had, Dan Stevenson, he was the original chairman of ZimZam Global. He is a lawyer, going to be retiring at the end of this year. He has become an expert in human trafficking, and he was going to share with us to help us as a church become more aware of not only what is actually going on, but how we as a church can be more proactively involved in something that we think may, we, we, we may think happens other places, but it actually happens right in our own town. And so we will bring him back at some point in time, but what happened was his wife had some kind of pain in the gut, didn't know what it was. They thought maybe it was appendicitis. She, was, she, she stayed back in Idaho where her son is at, and she was in the hospital for multiple days. And I said, Dan, you probably need to be back with your wife. And so he's like, nope. Because the kind of guy he is, he's like, I'm going to follow through with commitments. It's going to be all great. And finally, he comes in at our house Wednesday evening and says, I'm going to go back. And I said, no problem. Totally understand. So he left on Thursday to go back to be with his wife. Uh, I haven't heard any report. She had surgery. She's doing well. Okay, good. Was it appendicitis? or? Okay, it was appendicitis. Okay. 
uh, yeah, we went through that firsthand in our own family kind of recently. So uh, that is one of those things that you cannot ignore. And so thanks be to God that she is doing much better. She's on the mend. Um, yeah, it's, it's worth clapping about. So, but we will bring him back at some point because uh, it is a real treat. Uh, he has a message to share that is something that we all need to become better aware of. Um, so then you're wondering, so what are we doing this morning, Pastor Aaron? Did you pull out that pocket sermon? Well, thank you, Rob, for being all right. Re- no, I'm just kidding, Rob. I just kidding. I won't sing. <laughs> no, this morning we already had a desire because you might recall a month ago when we were kind of going through our spiritual fitness series, right? These disciplines, these practices, these habits that lead us to greater spiritual health, right? They're not an end in and of themselves. They are a means that, might, that can foster greater spiritual health. Right? We talk about biblical community. We talk about fasting. We talked about uh, you are what you eat, meaning you, the, the reflection and reading of Scripture. We talked about uh, observing a Sabbath. Many of these practices that have, been, uh, that have been ongoing for millennia and have proven to be effective means in your pursuit of Christ. Recall when I was speaking about Scripture and the importance of Scripture, I gave you a challenge. Does that ring a bell for anybody? Just you, Raj? Okay. Well, thanks. I mean, and Isabel, good job. Okay. Um, So let me just joggle your memory. I gave you a challenge, and some of you even kind of took the challenge. Uh, I know it because I'm looking at some of the people that took the challenge right now. Yes, that's you, Manny. (laughs) Uh, We're just family here. So... um, But I gave you the challenge of going, hey, is if it is imperative and foundational for our spiritual well-being that we spend regular time reading and reflecting on Scripture, then the question is, how are we doing with that? I gave the challenge saying 10 minutes of Scripture reading, 10 minutes of reflection, and let's just see what God shows you. Now, for some of you, you don't need any convincing because you're spending that time already and then some. So 10 minutes is just your introduction to your time with God. But for some of us that are not in the regular habit of reading and reflecting on Scripture, it takes a little bit of a, it feels probably clunky at first. It's something that it takes practice. It takes intentionality. It doesn't come as easy as other things may come. But I want to actually open it up for us because I asked, hey, what is God showing you? And so this might actually feel awkward for some of you, but guess what? Because we're family, I would love if you would share. And so we actually have, Pastor Tom's going to walk around with the mic. Uh, Rob Craven, since he's not preaching this morning, is going to walk around with the mic as well. <laughs> Craven, I don't mean to throw you under the bus. <laughs> but they're, they're going to walk around with the mic, and let me, just, let me just segue it in this way. Scripture tells us, specifically in Hebrews chapter 10, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. You could almost unpack that and say, let us consider how to encourage one another. Do you realize that the testimony of God's saints is one of the greatest ways that you and I can encourage one another? So, 
What I'm getting at is this. You have the opportunity to share. And by the way, this is not just limited people that took on the challenge a month ago. You may have been walking with Jesus for decades upon decades, and you have been in the Scriptures for a long time, and you'd be like, you know what? I just want to share something. This is how my life has been radically influenced by my devotion to Scripture. That can include. So really, any one of you can share if you are feeling led by the Spirit to share. And I know putting a mic in front of you goes like, oh man, this is not what I want to do. I know it can be difficult, but can I just kind of just diffuse the, uh, the anxiety and just say this? You are serving the body of Christ by your faithfulness. We have much to gain by your willingness to share, even if it's just a little snippet a little something to go on. This is how my life has been influenced and encouraged. Or maybe this is how this has been challenging for me. And that also can be something that we can identify with. So I know, I'm just going to open it up right now. And uh, if you would just raise your hand and share. Oh, look at that already. There we go. Okay. It always takes that first person. So good Someone's got to break the ice. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and stand up. Introduce yourself because we're family and we don't always know each other. So. Okay. My name is Lucas Fennell. You may know some of my family. Hannah and Seth are usually standing up there, so I'm related to them. Uh, this is my wife, three girls, and my mom, Caressa. Um, when you put out that challenge uh, a little more than a month ago, we were in the middle of First John, and I had recently hired a new guy for our roofing company. We live in Squim, and so we just started to kick it off on the right foot. We started every day off with Scripture, and he does not know the Lord. He still doesn't. You can pray for him. His name's Matthew, and we start off with 10 minutes of uh, reading the Bible, and then we get into about 10 minutes of just trying to go back and forth and deduce what that says, and it just starts the day off on just a whole different foot, and evangelism just feels almost impossible for a lot of us, but the truth is just open up the Word and read along with them. Hmm just levels the playing field. Yeah, that's awesome, Lucas. Thank you. (laughs) Lucas, I think we should, uh, before the next person, let's just pray for Matthew right now. Yeah, let's pray for Matthew right now that God would save his soul for eternity. So let's just pray, Heavenly Father, right now. We just thank you for Lucas's faithfulness. We thank you that he is even though he knows his, his coworker, his employee is, does not know you, we love the fact that he is intentional, that he's opening up the word as he rightly says. Sometimes evangelism can come hard, and all we have to do is just open up the scripture, and you speak, and we listen. And so I just pray that you're, by your spirit, Father, you would open his hearts and give him eyes to see May he see his need for you. May he see that the longing that are, that are kind of deeply uh, experienced in his life, I just pray that, Father, he would see that, oh, it's you, Jesus, that I've been thinking about. It's you that I've been needing all along. Father, save him for eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Good morning. My name is Leighton Cougar. My mom is Marley Collins. And uh, so, uh, uh, although I, I was already doing it, I took on your challenge, and well, the first challenge you gave was to memorize First uh, John. Yeah. I didn't make it. <laughs> I was just going to have you come up and do it for us, so. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got a good part of the first chapter, but, yeah. <laughs> but you know, uh, but I just love cruising through the Bible, and it's been so enriching and so much fun, and I, I never really thought that reading the Bible would be fun, 
Uh, and I, my time to read the Bible is before I go to sleep at night so I can keep God on my mind all night long. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so right now I say I've, I, I started out in 1 Samuel, and I, I love Samuel. I'm over, up in Romans right now. But, uh, but 1 Samuel meant a lot to me uh, and 2 Samuel um, because I can really compare myself to Saul and the stupid stuff that Saul did. You know, and he started out, you know, really humble and, and great, and then he just fumbled all the way through the rest of the way. But the thing I learned from Saul was that 99% obedience to God is still 100% disobedience. Hmm. And that's what I reflect on so often. Mm-hmm. And then I guess the, the second thing, uh, we're studying James on Friday night, and the thing that's sticking with me in James is quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Mm. And that I, I have to repeat that every day. <laughs> so, so those are the two things that I repeat every day in my head. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Leighton. Um, Something in regard to what you just said, Leighton, you know, the fact that you said, I, I like to read it at night because it's the last thing I want to think about, you might recall that what, when I mentioned before, that the first thing you think about or do every single morning and the last thing you think about or do before you lay your head down and close your eyes has a more, has a more forming uh, impact in your life than anything else you do during the day. So the last thing you do and the first thing you do forms you or shapes you more than anything, any other part of the day. It's something worth thinking about. What is the last thing I'm used to? What is my last habit of the day? And what is the first habit of my day? So thank you for sharing and then some, actually, brother. I appreciate that. Yeah. You might, oh, right here, Terry. My name's Terry Ruet. Um, for me, it was um, the structure of the um, outline you gave for us. I've already spent time in the morning with the Lord and praying, but I wasn't stopping and focusing first. I was coming to him and going, I need this, I need this, save these people. And I had to stop and focus on the Lord. And then I read my scripture. And then I had to be quiet again, which is really hard for me. And I had to listen, Lord, what do you want to say to me? And I feel like I've grown through this. And prayer is a big, important thing in my life, and it has been for a long time. And we have a Wednesday prayer meeting at noon here if anybody wants to join. But anyway, this has been a big plus for me, just to find that structure and to focus, get to the Scripture, and then be quiet and listen. Mm -hmm. No, thank you, Terry. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. The doctor that delivered all our babies said this, and Abby and I have referred to this often. He says, Kids need structure. It's like it, having a free flow, whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, they do not do well. They need structure. And then I was like, we're all kids. We all need structure. <laughs> so again, that structure is important, right? It doesn't come easy. It is a, it's an intentional pursuit. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. We got one here. Oh, right here. Okay. Hi, I'm Sandy. Can Hi, you Sandy. Hear me? Okay. We can hear you. Okay. <laughs> this little Bible goes with me everywhere I go. Nice. I was born into a family of six boys and six girls, and our dad made sure that he was the one to spiritually get us ready for church on Sunday morning. And so we, I've been in the Word 
pretty much all my life. <laughs> I love this book. It's, there's 66 books right inside of this Bible, and so and I love books. So I said if I had to get rid of all my books, I would keep my Bible because there's 66 books in here. And right now, my, uh, God has led me to read Psalms 139. There's 24 verses in Psalms 139, and I'm breaking them up, so he wants me to also memorize the whole chapter. It's such a good book about mm-hmm. how much God knows us. It says, mm-hmm. oh God, oh Lord, you search me and you know me. Mm-hmm. You've searched me and you've known me. And it also talks about being born. And um, he's formed us in our mother's womb. He's laid our hand, his hands on us. And he just knows us inside out. Mm-hmm. And if you can get used to God knowing any and everything about you, you can really enjoy a good relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Good, bad, indifference, whatever you do, no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. If you can get used to your father, your father God who loves you more than anyone else in the world, if you can get used to knowing that he knows everything about you, you can really, really enjoy a great relationship mm. with him. And I love yeah. that about him. I, we love our dad. He, um, we honor our dad. And um, it's because of our father that my whole family still understands and love the, the word of God. And we have a relationship mm. with God. Amen. Amen. Hey, Sandy, real quickly. Six boys, six girls. Yes, and I'm number 10. Wow. I'm the 10th child. And I just think, I thank God for my mom because she could have stopped at five or six. (laughs) Yeah. I'm here because. Yeah, you're thankful for that. Yeah. At least to number 10. So, so let me, can I just, I think, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm actually curious to ask this question. What did your dad do to rally 12 kids? Around he would get up in the morning on Sunday morning and fix breakfast. He would cook breakfast on Sunday morning. And he didn't send us to church. He went with us, and he served in the church house. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. saw him serve every Sunday, and we learned how to serve, and we learned how to share the gospel. And mm-hmm. we just we talk about it every week. I'm on the phone with my sisters and brothers just yakking about our parents and mm-hmm. the scriptures and whatever else we want to talk about. Wow. So he led by example. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Susan Rowe, and I'm referring back to your uh, message on the Sabbath. It made me go back and look at um, Genesis, and I started reading, and um, I've, I've always thought that, you know, God did creation in such a hurry, you know, bing, bing, bing. And, and then I thought, wait a minute, he could have snapped his fingers and done it instantly, you know, but he took it in order. And uh, I noticed that he did one thing per day. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what a model for us in our work. And then he rested, you know, to view. And each day he would review it and say, it's good. And then he'd kind of go home and come back the next day and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and do something else and focus on all the elements of that one thing. But it's a really, that's a neat insight for me because I have a list of at least five things every day and I'm throwing that out because I can't do it. <laughs> so anyway, that's the insight I got. Yeah, that's very good. Less is more sometimes, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My name is Lex and, um, uh, what 
my wife and I have noticed in the last um, couple weeks, uh, we've been following the Ecuador team. And with just kind of little technical bounce up, which is WhatsApp groups. And we were part of a couple of those WhatsApp groups. And what that did um, is just increase our involvement, awareness of what was going on, and just the enormous blessing that we got from what's happening half a world away. Mm-hmm. And um, it, we've certainly been blessed by missions in the past, but um, I would just like to encourage the mission teams going out and the church, just keep that up. I mean, just do those WhatsApp groups. And um, for, for all of you, you know, just join those. It's an amazing just jump in the, in the involvement. And um, uh, it, it was just, from what's going on way down there, was an enormous um, faith builder for, for Carla and me. Yeah, so. very cool. And we will be hearing from them very shortly. So it'll be wonderful. Anybody else just want to share? Oh, right in the back here. All right. Getting our exercise while we're at it too. So, good job. Hi, I'm Jerry. Hope you guys' morning is going well. Cur- currently, um, I haven't heard much about your challenge or anything like that. But <laughs> I was reading through the Bible through Jeremiah. I've been working my way through, and I think sometimes it's been comforting and kind of scary when what you're reading the Bible is kind of reflecting what you're going in through your life. So Jeremiah is prophesying to. Israel, like they're going to be destroyed if they don't turn, and it's kind of saying that um, I was going through a struggle of life. It's kind of nice to see that when you're struggling with life, like God can speak to you through the Bible, if you pay attention to it, saying that, hey, I know this, I mean, through Jeremiah, uh, uh, I feel like a rebellious child sometimes, and I feel like that's for being reflected through the Bible, like I feel like Israel being, saying that I'm going to get you're going to get punished or something if you're not. The Bible helps me reflect in my life because it shows me that Israel went through the same thing I'm going through. And then it also brings me comfort that when it talks about, even though you're going through a hard time, it's going to bring you comfort. If you turn back to God, he's going to be there always. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Gary. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that so true how we can, uh, we look at people like Saul in Scripture or the people of Israel and we're like, come on, you got to be kidding me. When are you going to get it? You are, we want to say all kinds of words. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to do it in the pulpit right now. but um, And then you go, but I'm like that. But look at how, how faithful God is. Even in our rebellion, God is faithful. So thank you, Jerry. My name is Roger Haugen. <clears throat> Every morning when I get up, the first thing I want to know is a word from God. And I find it on my version app. There'll be a verse for the day, and it's amazing how that is so applicable to my day, every day. And then it just opens up from there. I'll expand and read around that verse. I have a number of devotionals that I read through every day. But God just lights my path with his word. If I don't have his word, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I, I, get, I have a lot of things to do, but he gives me direction for mm-hmm. the day. And, uh, 
I'm able to, to work for other people and speak into other lives mm-hmm. because of his word in my life. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, amen. Thank you. Okay. So we got a couple right here, I think. Luke 23, 43, the J verse. Jesus said unto him, Today you shall be with me in paradise. When I go through life um, in my elderly age, (laughs) any day could be the day that I am going to be with the Lord. And that one verse is better than any insurance policy that's ever been produced. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Amen. Okay. Just a second, Tom. Tom, just a second. We're going to rob it right here, and then we'll go back here. So my name is Asa Curry, and um, reading the scriptures, sometimes you wonder if God really knows what's going on in your life. And I was um, wrestling with the loss of my wife, not realizing the depth that I was struggling. And I read in Psalms 41.5, it says, why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you troubled within me? Hope in God, for I will yet praise him. So I thought, oh, that, that speaks to where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And then the next verse 11 says the same thing. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you troubled within me? Hope in God, for I will yet praise him. So by this time you start, or at least for me, I started to get to pay attention that God really understands where I'm at. In 42.5, it says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquiet within me? Hope in God, for I will yet praise him. And I found that this past year and a half, that God's restored hope in me because it says in Romans 15.13, May the God of hope give you all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God gives us a hope, just as it was testified. We have a home in glory to go to. The, th- the people that have gone before, we get to see again, and um, that's where my hope is at. Mm. Wonderful. Thank you, Dad. I'm Deborah Haller. Um, I wanted to speak to the change that the challenge did for me, because mm-hmm. you can be in the Word, but then you add that little extra step of the challenge and what does that then do to your day? Mm -hmm. What does that mean for your day? Mm -hmm. And um, so going into the word, I am a chronic worrier Mm. (laughs) and a list maker. I love lists. The more things on my list, the better because I can mark them off. (laughs) Um, But that adds in stress. Mm And the thing that, that I gleaned from what you asked us to do, to stop and take time before bed, I slept better. Mm. I had more peace. Mm. And then stop in the morning, completely stop, pay attention. Mm. And that peace went throughout the day a little bit more than it ever has. And mm. so I'm grateful. Thank you for mm. challenging us. Mm-hmm. That's what I gleaned. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Deborah. I love what Paul says, you know, be anxious for how much? Nothing. 
But in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. All our needs and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, anybody? Oh, back here. Go ahead, Joe. There we go. Hi, I'm Joe Gladfelter, and uh, got my sunglasses on because I broke my glasses this last week on a on a camping trip. Uh, Pastor Corey put together a, a trip for the senior boys here, and uh, we just got back last night from the Owyhee Canyon in southeastern Oregon. Um, beautiful area, no cell phone, no internet, no people. Fifty mile kayaking trip. Each one of us, each one of the dads with their sons on this trip. It's an amazing experience. Mm. But without the Lord, without devotions, without teachings, all the things that we experienced this week, Mm. the trip would be ho-hum. It'd be great, but it wouldn't be the same without spending time together with each other and with the Word of God. And it was an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. Um, I just want to encourage the whole church to continue to pray and encourage our, our youth in our church. Mm. Spend time together. It, it was an amazing experience. Um, and now we're back mm. to back to the world. It's bizarre. <laughs> we didn't see a person other than our guides, the dads and, and our sons. We didn't see a person for seven days. Camping out on the river, packed in all our food, packed everything out, and... We got yesterday to Burns, Oregon, and we hit a Dairy Queen. It looked like an invasion of locusts into the place. <laughs> and so, um, as I put on my dark sunglasses, hang on here. I did want to... You just hold it for him, Rob. Bear with me. I got it right. There's the sunglasses so I can see. All right. As we come back home for our young men and for their dads, the writer of Hebrews says, Therefore, in chapter 12, since we have been there are such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every incumbent and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the often perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. You come back home, and you're not on the mountaintop anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm praying for my brothers that I was with and our sons that we would not be entangled by the sin of this world. That's right. Thanks. Yeah, thank you, Joe. That's wonderful. Yeah. We'll, do, we'll do one more here. Yeah, go ahead. Hi, I'm Mike Miller, and uh, Joe, it's pretty pretty amazing what you just said, because uh, the verse I wanted to read was, um, I'll just read it, um, Psalm 119, um, 15. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. And you just read uh, something similar about fixing your eyes. Um, but what I wanted to say was that was a verse... Um, I'm sorry, that, so that was something we, we prayed together, me and my son, the other night, and uh, it was just about fixing our eyes on the Lord, and, you know, um, and then I said, oh, let's do a devotion, and, you know, we grab a random 
devotion that we do, and the devotion was on fixing your eyes on Jesus. So, you know, in God, you know, that's, it's something that he's done through a recent trial is his word, you know, when, I, when I'm seeking him and his word, you know, uh, if it's a trial or if it's just when things are going good, but it's, it's amazing, you know, what, how he's used it um, to show that he's, he's just so, so there and, and, and with me and, and with the situation. Um, and then just now how Joe is reading the same thing. <laughs> it's just, it's another confirmation about, you know, just how real God is and how real it is that he reveals himself through his word. And, uh, mm-hmm. So I haven't nailed the challenge, but I, I've certainly been trying to spend time every day and, and in prayer with him. So um, thanks, brother, for encouraging us in that. Yeah. So, yep. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you one thing is um, I'm actually really encouraged by the fact that you are wanting to share. I mean, it's like sometimes we can be stage fright in here and go, I don't want to say anything to anybody, but... Here's the deal. Uh, we get to encourage one another by, the sh- by what God is doing in our lives and in our hearts. And so thank you for encouraging each other just by being willing to say, this is what God, this is what the Spirit of God is doing currently in my life. So thank you for that. But we want to continue in a spirit of encouragement. And uh, we're actually going to have the Ecuador team give a full report as to the trip they just came back from a week ago. Before they come up, however, though, there are a couple people in here that I want to highlight that are just kind of passing through, but we definitely don't want to miss this opportunity. Um, I'm looking at uh, Mario over there, but uh, right next to Mario, uh, we have Jeff McKinley and Jose Cobo with us. Can you guys just stand up, actually? Yeah, there we go right there. You, you might be wondering yourself, um, who are they? And, uh, and that's, a, that's a legitimate question, because, uh, but we, uh, if you don't know this, we've had a long partnership with Montalivos and what God is doing in Spain there, and, uh, and so it has been a, a long relationship, and it's re- always a gift for you to come back in, and I know this, I mean, the face of the church changes constantly, so when you come back, you're like, I don't even think I know some of these, or most of these people, and that's okay, and you may not even know them. I highlight them because they have been faithful saints in the work of Christ so that people in North Africa as well as Spain and all in that area because it is a, it's a, a hub, it's a center in which people coming all over the 1040 window come receive some respite, but also the gospel continues to move forward. And so thank you so much for your faithfulness, for your endurance, for not giving up because it's not an easy road. Uh, but Thank you for not becoming faint hearts. And Mario, I know you've been a part of their lives for many decades and stuff. And so uh, I look forward to seeing how the conversation continues. So brothers, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Sorry for not preaching either, but um, you already got preached to and at and with, so it's been awesome. But right now, our dear brother, Pastor Tom, is going to come up. But before he does that, there is a short little clip that we want to kind of for you to listen, watch, pay attention to by Steve Nine. Steve Nine was the kind of the point of contact in Ecuador, and he gives a shout out to our church. Let's tune in. 
Hey, greetings IBC, this is Steve Nine with Kids Around the World. It's my privilege uh, to be the director here of our work in the country of Ecuador. And on behalf of Kids Around the World, myself, our team that's been serving uh, your team, I just wanna say thank you. From the bottom of our hearts, we just thank the Lord for you, for what you've done. Thank you for sending these 25 wonderful souls that are an extension of you. They came bringing love, bringing gifts. They came prepared and prayerful. And I know that that's an extension of your prayers and your support and your giving. And I just have to say that this group had more diverse impact in this community in just a few days than any group I've had in the past. Everything from pickleball to the sewing clinic for three days um, to the playground that was installed to the eyeglass ministry, doing dramas, teaching children, and the list goes on. So many of the things that you've done were also thoughtful, purposeful. Uh, the sewing is gonna go far into the future. The playground will last for many years. The pickleball is gonna continue to be used to reach more children, even after you're gone. Uh, so many of the elderly, dozens of the elderly people who came and received the glasses accepted Christ. Uh, the elderly in these communities are very steeped in tradition. They're not the kind of people just to say a prayer uh, in order to please someone. Uh, they have no problem speaking their peace. So we know that God was working in their hearts, that there was something happening in them, and the presence of God accompanied the team throughout. Uh, thank you. Thank you for partnering. Uh, we're thankful for Zimzam, y'all's partner, who invited you and brought you into this community, Carmen too. And we're excited to see how ZimZam and IBC continue to partner together with us, kids around the world, to bring transformation in Carmen too and beyond. Thanks again for standing with us. We look forward to seeing you soon, either here or in Port Angeles. God bless you. Buenos días. Me amo Tomás. Gracias. I want to say something about Jose Cobo and Jeff McKinley. Uh, Jose is going to be back on the 23rd, and we're going to have him share. So I, I love that we'll be able to do that. Um, before I get into Ecuador, I, I have to do this, okay? Um, I just have to do this. Forgive me, please of something I need to do now. There's a row back here of people. I will need them to stand up. And you know who you are. Would you please stand up? Okay, would you please stand up? You know who you are. Okay, everybody, this is my family. These are my siblings. All right. Thank you so much. We haven't been together since 2014. 14. They're scattered all over the creation, and uh, the latest is uh, one of the couples, my sister and her husband, uh, one month ago came from Brazil. They just retired off the mission field in Brazil after many years of service. They're here. Our oldest, Yvonne, our oldest, and, and her husband, uh, Clark, they retired about a year and a half ago off of Portugal after many years of service. <laughs> 
my one brother, Doug, is still working with New Transmission Ethnos 360 in Florida. He's still down there doing that. <laughs> and the youngest, my punk sister back there, Sharon, is a lifelong learner. She loves all things to learn. So she has been a nurse in her career, a teacher, a principal of a Christian school, much like OCS, and is now a therapist. And she is in Nebraska. All right. And then we have niece and his wifey and their daughter. They're in Milwaukee. He is a doctor in Milwaukee. So, yeah. I had somebody chew me out before their service going, I didn't know you had siblings. You've never said anything about your family. Now I have. Okay. All right. You happy, Penny? All right. I did it. Sheesh. Okay. They're here for the week. We're, we're just loving being together. It's great. All right. Ecuador. I want to just say there are so many things I want to say. I don't know uh, how to even explain this whole Ecuador phenomenon. Because when we talked about Ecuador a year ago, there were many people saying, I'm going. Three months ago, when I got back from Ecuador, there were a number of people said, God is saying, I'm going. And this thing of a team going to Ecuador has taken our church by storm. It's just captured so much uh, attention in the right way, because it's what God has been doing. And all I can say is blessing upon blessing, showers of blessing, because God was all over it. This was totally orchestrated and determined and anointed by him for this to take place. And even as, as Lex, you talked about, many of you were a part of this. You were on a, a, a group on texting, so you were hearing all the time, whatever it may have been. But so many of you gave to this. I want you to understand, we never once from this pulpit said, hey, you need to give to this. We never said it once. We needed to raise $66,000 for this to happen, and the Lord brought in well over $73,000 for this to happen. Yeah, praise him. And I say those numbers because it allowed us to then minister in other ways as well so that the ministry carries on, and that is what God is doing. In Zechariah, this verse says, um, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. I'm telling you all, this is what this trip was. This whole thing was God's spirit moving, and he called out a team to, to, to go. So Ecuador team, would you all please, team Ecuador, stand up wherever you are. Just stand up. Come on, stand up. All right. Stay standing. Stay standing. All right. Stay standing. Thank you. When Three weeks ago when we were up here and you prayed for us, afterwards, some of you said, boy, you're going to be, that's going to be a challenge on that, on that team. Um, you know what? God handpicked everybody who went on the team. It was magnificent. We have McIntyres over there with their three little girls that are a force to be reckoned with. Those girls right there, powerhouse young ladies. All right? Wonderful. 
They didn't come along for the ride. They came to minister, and God used them to minister. Over here, we have the Larson clan. All right? They, yep. Those, those kids of theirs are not just kids. You should have seen them. They were all over what was going on, running around, looking for how they could be a part, and jumping in. Unbelievable. There was never a complaint on this trip. Not one complaint by anybody. Okay, so Leanna Diker. Look at Leanna over here. Look at Leanna. All right? Leanna is our elder stateswoman. She had a birthday on the trip, a trooper, okay? COVID hammered her. She went down for a little while. She had blood coming out of her throat, but God raised her up, okay? All right. Um, the Gileses, Sandy, I thought she was going to the hospital. We were going, Lord, is she going to be able to come back with us? The COVID hammered her so much. Same with Isabel. Where are you, Isabel? Right here. Those three women got hammered with it. God took them down for a day and raised them back up the next. Okay? (laughs) Sandy was so sick, and she said this is the pattern in her life. She got pneumonia, went to the hospital before and so forth. But once the intervention happens, she's raised up. She was one day, stayed, had to stay back. The next day, she was teaching a dental clinic to a huge group of people. That's what God did on this trip. Unbelievable. Kate, if you have to sit down, thank you so much. All right. I'm going to just show you some pictures. I'm going to, I'm going to go through these fast, um, if possible. Um, that's possible, isn't it? Steve Nine that you saw, uh, Steve Nine is with the organization Kids Around the World. Kids Around the World is the organization that organizes the meal packing events that we did back in January. Remember that? So many of you were part of that. We'll talk about that. Uh, so Steve Nine was a missionary many years ago, a single guy in Ecuador when he found an Ecuadorian lady and they got married. And so those two served together. They have two daughters. One is in Dallas right now. She graduated from high school a little bit ago. And the other daughter's um, still with them down there. Um, amazing couple. They were great hosts. Kids Around the World is one of the best hosting organizations I've ever known. And so we had uh, two or three of their staff, Ecuadorians who spoke English, uh, that were assigned to us to take care of us. When we actually left the country, they, they flew up to Quito with us. They said, we're not leaving until you guys are through and you're boarding the plane, then we'll be free to go. So we were well taken care of by them. Just tremendous, uh, folks. Okay. So we got down there on, um, whatever. Our first day of ministry was Sunday, Father's Day. Was that last week or the week before, right? Two weeks ago? And so we got to go to this community where a year ago when I was there, there was no church. In the meantime, a couple um, have planted a church there, and so we got to go minister in that church on that first Sunday that we were there. One of the things that we did on that day was our team was mobilized uh, to do a craft with the kids at the end of the service. So here Sandy is giving instruction on the gospel bracelet. That was the, that was the uh, project that they did, and so... Hey, greetings, I Oh, that's the wrong direction. There we go. 
this is what it looked like. The church building is the thing on the left, all right? It's a bamboo structure and out there and, and doing that kind of thing. Monday, we began our, our ministry at the community of Carmen Dos, uh, Carmen II. Uh, this is a community that has no church, but there is a couple that would like to plant a church there, and they've been doing ministry there. So part of our main goal in going was to be a boost for this couple in this community, help build relationships and so forth, do ministry there um, to help with the planting of this church. He actually uh, is a pastor of a church in the city of Manta, which is a large city right on the coast, and it's two hours to this village. And so he comes out every other week to do this ministry to the kids, to do the feeding program, and so forth. So that's where we were set up on the, at this place. One of the things that we did was put a playground equipment in. So it was digging holes and, and uh, erecting and assembling the playground equipment. And so it was sweaty, it was hot, but it was great. Fortunately, the dirt was quite soft. And the other beautiful thing is they had a gas-powered auger that Dewey, you were the man, buddy, with that auger doing that thing. Right on. <laughs> we did another ministry of sewing. Now, this thing, you think, okay, what is that? Actually, before we left, Pastor Byron, Bidon, I had asked him, hey, what would you like us to be doing? And yeah, whatever. And he, he wrote me and said, hey, maybe the, you could teach sewing. Yeah, I can do that. Shannon? <laughs> Shannon said, I'll do that. Shannon loves sewing. So does Sandy, so does Jean Finman. They led this ministry. They brought suitcases full of material, buttons, zippers, snaps, all this stuff, thread, and all of that. But because we had extra money, we were able to purchase seven of these sewing machines. Yeah. And we were able to leave them there. I need a drink, sorry. There are hardly any words to describe this ministry and how it took off. Started with 12 women that had been signed up, then 15, and got up to 19. 20. 20. All right, Shannon had this thing laid out, really like a good teacher, uh, patterns, exactly what they were going to be taught, and these women were all over it. They had a little, what, two or three or maybe four at a machine to learn these things, and they loved it. Um, ten of these ladies came to Christ at this. Ten of them came to Christ. So let me just stop and tell you this. Doing this, we had talked as a team, and, and we said, we are not the point of the spear. In terms of the gospel, we're here to support the point of the spear. We're here to uh, bolster, to support the ministry of Bidon and Marina, the pastor and his wife. And yet while we were there, 85 people trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior. And it wasn't in twos and threes. It was in tens 
It was in 20s at a time. And the first day when this happened, it was in the eyeglass, the, the reading glasses ministry. 15 men came to Christ. And then it was 21. And then it was 26. And then it was 10. I'm hearing these numbers and I go, we can't write this back to IBC. They're going to go, what, you're handing out candy and people are going, yes, I accept. Thank you. Okay, chalk that down. Another one came to Christ. No, they were adults. They were adults. Even as Steve said in the video, it was all very real. God had prepared their hearts. You all, 85 people came to Christ in three days. Hello. Hello. When we talk about God doing all this, you can't make this up. You just can't make it up, but this is an indication of God's hand all over what was going on. Even those that were there hosting us couldn't believe it. They were going, okay, God is here. He is working in the hearts of these people. We had women's Bible study. Uh, (laughs) Amber? Amber? Yeah, Amber. That's right. (laughs) Amber got left holding the bag because the other women were all involved with their ministries and she had, and she's going to share her story a little bit about leading a women's Bible study. This is another, she did at least twice. And this is the second one. This man up there with his arms raised, his name is Jorge. He is an amazing guy. His testimony is ridiculous the way God saved him. Um, he does not speak English. He is actually from Venezuela and uh, what an evangelist, but he shared much and led many to Christ. That's what's going on in that picture, part of the women's study. We'll tell you more about that in a minute. We also work with kids. Um, they do part of their ministry. Kids Around the World has three ministries. They do playground equipment, feeding program, and kids story. Kids story is a methodology of sharing scripture with kids and doing a kids program. Well, they invited us in to be a part of that. Isabel was in her element doing a drama thing with the kids. It's what we have going on. This guy right here is Christopher. He is kids around the world staff, wonderful young guy, speaks English quite well. And in fact, I preached on the first Sunday on Father's Day. He translated for me and the whole team said, yeah, he did way better than you did. So, so great, so great being able to do that, a part of the kids' ministry. Um, Eyeglasses, all right. (laughs) So, Walmart donated $200 worth of eyeglasses. Many of you in here gave eyeglasses. You remember, Rob, you brought me that bag of eyeglasses, and we could have used more. Okay, you didn't give enough. Dude, come on, man. We gave every last one, unless, Joel, unless there were powers of four and nobody needed that strength of one, right? Something like that. But otherwise, we ran clean out of eyeglasses. This is what that looked like. Our crack team, people figuring out what strength of glasses they need and so forth. And it was the first day, this is where 15 people came to Christ through this ministry. And I was going, okay, what in the world? So the quick story is that Jorge, uh, there was a kit left behind by another group that had been there uh, with eyeglasses. And in that kit was a gospel presentation using um, reading glasses. He had never used it before. So he said, oh, I'll try this. And through the, eye, through the, through the glasses ministry, 
at least half of those who came to Christ was through that ministry. It was amazing. It was amazing. God used reading glasses to draw people to himself. Feeding program. You guys who were part of the meal packet event in January recognize those, right? I can't guarantee these are the exact boxes that we packed, but they're exactly the same. And so we got to be a part of distri- distributing those, and it's all done in order. People are re- the families are registered, how much they receive every time, and so forth. But our team had the privilege of handing that out. Another ministry we did was pickleball, as Steve had mentioned. Pickleball, what a crazy thing. Well, Dave Walter out at CRTC donated a full set with paddles, with tons of balls for us to take and use this ministry and leave with them. And so we set that up. And as it turned out, this guy's name is Mario. He is with Kids Around the World. Um, <laughs> he was hobbling. When they picked us up at the airport, he could hardly walk. I said, Mario, what's up? He goes, I was playing pickleball. <laughs> I go, you got to be kidding. Somebody knows how to play pickleball, and they're playing it, and they are very excited that we brought that, we're leaving it, and they're going to be using it in the different communities to draw people together. And we put together verses that go with it, that kids can play, learn scripture in order to get onto the court, and so forth. We're excited about that. Another thing that our team did, not everybody got to do this because we ran out of time, was home visits, going into homes and visits. One of the special moments was was this, that when we were out doing the, installing the playground and playing and doing the kids' ministry, the McIntyre girls got to know these girls out there. When they went on a home visit, lo and behold, they come to the home and here these girls are. And so the relationships that got built in a short time, even cross-culturally, even not knowing the language that well, very, very special that that took place. Soccer. Dewey brought soccer balls and uniforms that were donated by Storm King. Uh, a bunch of uniforms. And so he organized a game with these kids. They played a game. After the game, huddled up, got to share Christ with these kids. And that's what that looked like. Just a lot of diversity. At the end, the government donated the cement that we needed. When we put the uh, playground equipment in, there's holes down there, fill that in with cement. The government uh, provided the, the cement. So the government swoops in in the end and has a big, huge ceremony of dedication. That, the, that they have given to this community. And it's like, whatever, it's great. <laughs> but it's great opportunity. They asked me to pray and dedicate uh, the, the equipment and so forth. So it was all good. The kids performed in this big, huge ceremony. The kids, they cut the ribbon around the playground, and the kids were all over that thing like bees, the honey. So great. Also, we dedicated the sewing machines. We had those set up, and the ladies brought the stuff that they had sewn together. And they just had a ball showing that off. Now they're going to be able to sell stuff. They're going to begin making a living. That's how those sewing machines are going to be used. Shannon had prepared the parts for a quilt to be made. One quilt that all the ladies... Would, would contribute in putting together, sewing this quilt together. And so they did. This is the quilt that they made. 
And the conversations that took place after that of, of appreciation, gratitude, and so forth were just unbelievable. And they, they gave it to Marina. The ladies took the quilt and they gave it to Marina, the pastor's wife. So this couple right here in the front center are Bidon and Marina. They're the couple who are planting a church there. And we, our prayer for them is that God is going to provide a way for them to have a livelihood so that he can just be there full time and pastoring in that community. The, the church is there. In fact, that, that banner back there, the upright one behind Rick with the big old beard is the name of the church. It's already there. They just don't have a building. They have people that they come together with once uh, every other week and, and do this program that they're doing. So our prayer is that this community is going to have a permanent church where people can come and worship the Lord Jesus Christ together. One last thing. Suzette, are you here? Suzette Taylor, are you here? She's in the nursery. Okay, Suzette Taylor, she is our, uh, what we used to call the commander of Awana. It was her brainchild to put together these um, school in a box. And so these containers, through you, who were part of Awana this year, as you contributed to these, we took three of these containers down full of school supplies. Marina is a school principal. And so she knows what to do with this stuff, but they're going to be using this in this community, and it's going to bless them. And we love uh, how God mobilized people to do this. We got to go to another community um, called San Silvestri. In San Silvestri, there is no church, but there is ministry going on. They already have a playground equipment. They're doing the feeding program and children's program. 18 adults have come to Christ in this community and many children, but there's no pastor. There is no church. You all, this is why we went, to be a catalyst so that places like this can have a church where people can come and worship, they can grow, and they can go off, and they can plant more churches. That's what we are all about. In one of the communities, here was this, this young man, a disabled man. We got to bless their love on their family, and uh, just another way of building relationships. The last day, Quito Airport, we're heading home. Hearts full. Yeah, we got hit by covid that was the biggest challenge we had was COVID. And over half the team got hit with it. Uh, we weren't real sick with it, but we also were very careful to not spread that. We went to spread other things, not viruses, for crying out loud. <laughs> because of your prayers. Because of your prayers. This trip was a trip of a lifetime. I've never seen anything like it. Because God was all over it. You were mobilized. You were praying. The send-off that we had out here was unbelievable. It was quite emotional, I must say. Because all the support. IBC, you... <laughs> this was an IBC trip. It wasn't just Team Ecuador going. It was IBC doing this. I've asked a few people if they would share. I'm going to ask McIntyre's, you guys who are coming, come on up here. And Amber, if you would come up here. I want you to hear from them. And then we'll wrap up. So um, earlier this week, uh, Tom asked me to take a few moments and talk about kind of uh, the impact on the trip on myself and then also comment on the, the team as a whole. 
And so uh, I had an opportunity to really kind of isolate those key uh, things that I really wanted to share with you and really distill it down and summarize. And the shortest that I could do was 23 minutes. (laughs) So clearly this is an impossible task, um, but I'll do the best that I can. What that means for you is that after this service, corner somebody wearing a green shirt because they have so much to tell you about the amazing things that they got to see and what God has done, um, uh, including myself. Like, we, we'd love to share with you so much, and we are so grateful for this opportunity. Um, regarding uh, one of the things that I wanted to see, uh, talk about, um, uh, so Randy and I, we took our three daughters, uh, the Doolittles, uh, Dewey took Kayla, the Larsons, they took their family. Um, that, that was a big deal. Um, and a lot of you know, as we shared, you know, some of the trepidation that we had going into that um, and some of the fears that kept popping up. You know, what are we doing? Are we, uh, is this wise even, um, you know, going into the unknown um, and, and bringing children along? And one of my biggest fears was... Um, Kids are challenging. I mean, you guys all know uh, a trip to Walmart and back often ends. <laughs> it, it, it ends with a, a casualty report and like a head count for survivors, you know. So, to, to you know, let alone taking them all the way to South America and back, and and that was uh, that was a big challenge. And so, Madeline, uh, all of my girls, including my wife, uh, suffer. They get car sickness, and so in order to combat against car sickness, Madeline actually had an opportunity to ride up front in the bus so that that didn't happen again. Um, and in doing so, she, she rode next to the driver, Darwin, or she rode next to some of the people from Kids Around the World, and uh, Val Giles rode with her on several long trips. And Randy, at the end of one of these long trips, she told me that Val had come up to her and had just expressed just his... Uh, his love and and just how how he just so appreciated being able to share his time with Madeline, and I thought, yeah, that's cool, you know, no big deal. And then you know we went off because everything was just nonstop, so busy. But we we got back, and later I was I was just reflecting on that and what that meant to me. Um, it was just so it was confirmation of what what God had been you know bringing us onto this trip for, and I was so worried that that my kids would be uh, a distraction or take away from the message or take away from our ability to connect, you know, our purpose. And I was so wrong in that. And, and by Val sharing that, it, what it meant for me, it was just that my kids were equal members, equal valued members on this team. And, and they did something on this trip that I could never do. That, that Val could never do, that, that Sandy could never do, that, that Tom couldn't do. They were there to fill that need. And, and, uh, it was just, it was just an amazing, amazing thing to see. With regard to the team, um, for some reason I'm highlighting the, the Giles family. Um, when we were there, maybe like third day, Sandy said something. Uh, she was, at the end of what we were doing, we were, um, getting together and kind of sharing about, you know, the day and, and talking about tomorrow. And she, Tom had given us a prompt to like, who was that individual that we needed to be praying for that we had connected with? And Sandy was sharing with who she needed to connect with. And suddenly, I mean, this is probably very obvious for you, but it wasn't obvious for me, was that God had sent a community to engage with a community. And and the the how incredible that is. I mean, we brought... 
we were five to 75, plus or minus. I mean, that's, that's unheard of. And so she connected with somebody that I couldn't. And Tom, I mean, it was easier for some of the outgoing people like Dewey and Tom and, and, and Shannon to, I mean, they connected with everybody. But I only connected with a few very intimately. But, but Madeline connected with people and everybody had somebody that they were connected with. And so with regard to our team as a whole, uh, I mean, Tom mentioned it earlier. This is, this was an ordained group of people that were handpicked um, that if you would have added somebody to it or taken one person away, we would not have had the dynamic that we had on this trip. And so um, it, it was literally incredible. Um, and uh, with regard to that, um, uh, final, final notes, um, I think there were opportunities that we all had to um, look inward or to look horizontal. And um, this team, with your support, really did. Um, we rejected those opportunities, and we said, no, God, this is about you. And every one of us, at, at every one of those instances where we had a hurdle to cover, I mean, it just strengthened us and bonded us. Uh, it created such incredible unity. Um, that's just amazing. So we did our part. Um, but additionally, I mean, Tom, Tom did his part. Um, I mean, it was, I could write a book on biblical leadership of the things that I got to see uh, Tom do on this journey. I mean, he navigated some serious troubled, troubled waters and brought us through it in just the most incredible way. Um, and, uh, and he barely even bribed me to tell, tell you all that. So, um, <laughs> additionally, I cannot say enough. Um, with, with regard to Tom, I didn't know Tom very well before we went on this trip. If you don't know Tom, for your benefit, get to know Tom. Tom is an amazing blessing to this church. Um, with, with regard to kids around the world in ZimZam Global, they are professionals. They are amazing. It was a privilege to be a part of what they had going on. They paved the way incredibly for us. Um, and took such incredible care of us, and God is on their, his hand is on their, uh, their shoulders, and he is doing such amazing things through them, and it was such a privilege to be a part of that. Um, with that, hopefully that was less than 23 minutes. Here is uh, Madeline. She had a couple things that she wanted to share as well. Hi, my name is Madeline. Um, before I went to Ecuador... I was scared about the conditions we would be in, um, how hot it would be, um, how much water we would have, how much food we would have, and God called my fears while we were there. While we were there, I got to spend time with some amazing people. I made many, many, many friends. We taught each other Spanish and English by drawing pictures with chalk and then asking each other what they would be in English or Spanish. While, when, when we were going back, I didn't want to go. No one wanted to go home. I wanted to stay there because just... 
God had helped us through all of it, and I, I didn't want to go. So no one in our family wanted to go, especially Sydney. Me and Sydney were in most fear of the with the family, and we both feel like we were the ones that were didn't want to go the most. Don't calm your fears. Yes. All right. Thank you. I'd say we learned that um, God's promises are true. Uh, he is faithful, and he can be trusted um, on paths that uh, are well, well known and into the unknown, that God loves the people of Carmen Dose. He loves me. He loves my family, and he loves this church, IBC. So thank you. Hi, IBC family. Um, So going on this trip, we didn't really know what we were getting into. Um, We didn't know everything that we would be doing, and we didn't know what facilities we would have or what the level of understanding and literacy would be with the people and or what the needs of the community even were. Like we knew a few things and we had maybe even over-prepared for those things, Um, but there were things we just came willing, just wanting to be used by the Lord. Um, I personally felt underprepared. I had um, a lot going on in my life right before I left, and so I walked into it just going, God, I don't know what you're going to do with me, but I mean, even if it's small, I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I did. Um, I thought I was going to do practical things. You know, I was going to help with the medical things and help with. You know, I was going to teach like girls' health stuff, and I ended up not doing any of the things I prepared to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> instead, I ended up leading a women's Bible study to two groups of women who did not speak my language, and that was. I, I was like, how is this even going to work? Um, <clears throat> the first day I had Jackie, who's amazing. She's Steve's wife. Um, and she translated for me. And I talked to like 10 women, and six of them came to Christ. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, it was amazing. And it was totally God because my, I, it was not because I had any kind of skill in what I was doing. Um, and then the second day I preached, or, taught, um, I shared my testimony and did a little teaching on the story of Joseph and to like 30 women and 21 of them came to Christ. (laughs) So (laughs) like that was not what I thought I was going to Ecuador to do. (laughs) And I guess I just, I was so humbled and so blown away to go, God, you wanted to use me for this. Um, I just, I was, I just, I'm still I still don't understand. <laughs> um, but um, And then listening to Jorge and him, him evangelize in a language I didn't understand, um, it was so beautiful. And I could feel what he was saying. And it was just, and, and watching people come to Christ as he preached, it was just so inspiring and amazing. Um, I mean, gosh, this is so hard to do quickly. Um, <laughs> but I guess what I want you guys to know because you sent us, the people of Carmen Dose and the kids around the world team, they have a bond with you. 
They know that IBC and Port Angeles sent this team of people to love them. They, the kids around the world team, they feel supported and unified in what they're doing because you sent us. Um, the people of Carmen Dose, they know they're not forgotten. They know that God sees them, that he knows their needs, and that he's meeting them in ways they didn't even expect because you sent us. Um, I mean, all the people who came to Christ this week, I mean, it was just, I mean, to God be the glory, because that is, was not us, but it was facilitated because you sent us. God used us because you sent us. Um, these women can now make money for their families. I mean, these people are living on dollars a day, um, and they have a new way to, to feed their families because you sent us. Um, they have a place for their kids to gather and play together. Um, they, the thing, and, and the, the meal packing, that feeds those, that entire community for a year. The money that you guys raised, the meals that you packed, they know that they came from IBC. They know that, that, that that's how their kids are getting vi- the vitamins they need. They're thriving because of what you guys have done. And that is spreading throughout not just Carmen Dose. When we went to San Silvestri, the people there had heard what we did in Carmen Dose, and they wanted to get their picture taken with us. <laughs> and we, were, we didn't understand. We're just like, okay, sure. And then some, somebody translated and told us that they had heard about it, and they wanted to meet us because we had come to bless that other community. So I, the, what you guys have done by sending us just has this... I mean, such practical difference, and it's also, so it's life-giving in a tangible way, but they know that you care and that you love them, and by extension, then they feel that God loves them. And that, I mean, there's no monetary value that's immeasurable, the blessing that you guys have had on the people of this community. I mean, I stood there with this, I mean, there's so many people I want to tell you about, but this lady, um, Miriam, I stood with her on the day we left. She's tears streaming down her face, and she's just, she's just talking at a, a rate I could never <laughs> like pretend to understand what she's saying. But she's just crying and hugging me, and and then just thank you so much for what you've done for us. And then she called me on WhatsApp later on that night and said, "I'm so sorry I got so emotional, but I just I'm just so overwhelmed by what you guys have done for our community and that you would come and that you would love us this way." And so, just I, you guys, thank you so much for allowing me and my this team to be a part of what you, of just what God's doing. And um, man, go if you feel sent, go. <laughs> Well, brothers and sisters, we have been uh, richly blessed, have we not? Yeah, I, um, there's so many thoughts. I, I, let me just put this as a way of invitation. First of all, if you see a green shirt, uh, memorize their face because they're not going to wear it every day. But I will say, I, at least I hope, but I will say this, um, I know they would love to have a follow-up conversation. This is just kind of to whet your appetite, but there is a much larger story to share And it's important that you hear that story because when you hear what God is doing right now all around his creation, the globe, uh, he also wants to do the same same thing here. 
And uh, you don't, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that going to Ecuador is a waste. It's, it's an incredible opportunity. But guess what? The same need is here. People in Port Angeles need to hear that there's a God that loves them. And I have full faith in believing this, that just as Amber got to experience like this harvest, all, the whole team had to experience this harvest, just waiting to be reaped, there is a harvest in Port Angeles. There are people that have no idea that Jesus loves them. This I know. I pray that they would know the love of Christ because you were faithful. I'm going to pray for us right now, and I want us to stand to our feet, and we're going to close our time out here. I will say this to uh, Vince's comment and stuff. Can I just say this? You... Uh, uh, IBC family have an incredible pastoral team. You got Pastor Tom, Pastor Corey, who just came back from the river. You got Pastor Mike, who's on his way up driving to Alaska right now. Uh, you have an incredible pastoral team, and it is a privilege and an honor to serve alongside you, brother. And man, it is just, we are like, sometimes we have to pinch ourselves how uh, blessed we are. And we, God made this all possible. So thank you for being a church that has been so loving. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. And we're so thankful that you love us. And you loved us first. And you showed your love for us. That even though we were dead in our sins, and I love the the imagery of the, the glasses. So many people came to faith in Jesus Christ when they received glasses. Father, we were blind to our spiritual need. And you gave us sight. You opened our eyes so that we might see the glory of God and the goodness of God through Christ Jesus. Father, I just pray that we would not sit idly by. I pray that we would see ourselves as ambassadors. I pray that we would see the world as you see the world, that there are people that are lost. They are dying. They are wandering. They are hopeless. They, they don't know what to do, but we have the gift of eternal life to share. We have a message to share, and we have been sent. We have already been commissioned. May we be faithful to that, Father. May we care enough for people. May our heart be burdened enough for people that wherever we go, whether it be to the grocery store, to Walmart, or to Ecuador, or India, or wherever it may be, Father, may we, we be eager to share the good news of Jesus Christ because you love them and we love them. Bless us now, Father, as we part, go our ways. Bless this celebration, this 4th of July, this Independence Day celebration. May we do so safely, but may we do so with gratitude. Because all that we have, every good and perfect gift is from above. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend.